Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Valley Church of the Nazarene. We are located at 228 Madison Avenue in Monte Vista, Colorado. I am Pastor Chris Yoakum, and I am so glad you have tuned in to listen to this message. I would also love to invite you to join us on Sunday morning for our small group discipleship classes starting at 9 a.m. for all ages, and our worship service starting at 10.15 a.m. We have many other activities and Bible studies throughout the week. Please visit our website at valleynaz.com and our Facebook page for more information. Our prayer is that you encounter the God of the Bible and come to know the joy of salvation through Jesus Christ, that you be equipped to engage the world for Christ. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you. All right, I'll invite you to turn to Daniel chapter 9 with me. As we go through these difficult days, there's so many different areas that, that uh, we need God's intervention. We know that racism and hatred is not a one particular gender problem, it's a human problem, it's a sin problem. We know that as our nation goes through these times, we just need to be praying like Daniel does. This is, this is what Daniel is doing. He is, he is praying for his nation. His nation is in a time of bondage. They've just left one, one nation where they were under bondage to the Babylonian Empire. Now that has been taken over the Medes and Persians. Daniel knows the ups and downs and he goes to a time of prayer. Stand with me and we're going to read Daniel chapter 9, verses 1 through 19. This is the word of the Lord in Aaron and Fable, authoritative. Those who have ears to hear, hear the word of the Lord this morning. Daniel chapter 9, starting with verse 1. In the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, a Mede by descent, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the Scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with Him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps His covenant of love with all who love Him and obey His commands. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from Your commands and laws. We have not listened to Your servants, the prophets, who spoke in Your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. Lord, You are righteous, but this day we are covered with shame, the men of Judah and people of Jerusalem and all Israel, both near and far, in all the countries where You have scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to You. O Lord, we and our kings, our princes, and our fathers are covered with shame because we have sinned against You. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against Him. We have not obeyed the Lord our God or kept the laws He gave us through His servants, the prophets." All Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. 
Therefore, the curses and sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against you. You have fulfilled the words spoken against us and against our rulers by bringing upon us great disaster. Under the whole heaven, nothing has ever been done like what has been done to Jerusalem. Just as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us. Yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. The Lord did not hesitate to bring the disaster upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in everything He does, yet we have not obeyed Him. Now, O Lord our God, who brought Your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand and who made for Yourself a name that endures to this day, we have sinned, we have done wrong. O Lord, in keeping with all Your righteous acts, turn away Your anger and Your wrath from Jerusalem, Your your city, Your holy hill. Our sins and the iniquities of our fathers have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. Now, O God, now our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, O Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, O God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. O Lord, listen. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hear and act. For your sake, O oh my God, do not delay, because your city and your people bear your name. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the, the beauty of your word and the beauty of this prayer. Lord, may we also be intercessors. Lord, attend with us as through the preaching and the hearing of, of your word, I pray. We will make room for your word in our hearts and be obedient. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, as we think about our nation and, and what we're, we're going through, as I've said, Daniel, what he understands is he understands that the exile will end, will end soon. It's going to end in the Second Empire. We looked at those scriptures last week and how um, Isaiah says that under Cyrus, that's when the exile was going to end and Jerusalem was going to be rebuilt along with the temple. So he knows that. He also knows that a time of wrath will come during the third empire. So he knows that's coming. He knows that a final kingdom will be inaugurated during the fourth empire. And he knows that the end will come at the appointed time. Well, we know the kingdom has been inaugurated. We know that there's going to be um, much turmoil before Christ comes again. But I want us to see that Daniel has the right response, right? I mean, Daniel, Daniel wishes that his people were going to be released from exile, Jerusalem was going to be rebuilt, the temple was going to rebuilt, be rebuilt, and everything was just going to go back to normal, and everything was going to be great. But he knows that's not going to happen. He knows that God has put them in, in exile. He, is going to, he has the power to do that. He brought the Babylonians. He has the power to end the exile. He's going to do that through the Medes and the Persians. But he knows because of the sin of the people, because of their rebellion, God is going to bring a terrible time of wrath during the third kingdom, which is the Greek empire. We looked at that. But all, Daniel also knows that there's going to be a final kingdom, and he is anticipating that. And so we know this as well. And Daniel prays. Verse 3 and through 4a, he intercedes for his nation during a time of calamity. The amazing thing is that Daniel, he was one of the most righteous men in the Bible, you'd think, well, you know, what he should have said is, well, I don't know about the rest of them, God, but I'm, sure, I'm certainly following you, so I guess, you know, bless me, help me. That's not what he says. He says, he brings himself right in here and says, Lord, I'm a part of this nation, and the sin and wickedness that has been going on, listen, I'm right here. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to intercede. You know what? We need righteous men and women to intercede. We need them to come and not, not stand up and, and talk to God about their righteousness, but to talk to God about His righteousness and our sin. That's what we need. That's what we need. We need people like Daniel to stand in the gap. Are we willing to do that in these days? This is our time, right? We didn't live during Daniel's time. We live now. Are we going to do that? Daniel turns to the Lord. Do we turn to the Lord? Is that what we do in the time of calamity and hardship? Do we turn to the Lord? That's what Daniel does. He turns to the Lord. He looks to the Lord for help. He pleads to the Lord with prayers and petitions, right? He makes requests of God. He's, he's earnest. He fasts in sackcloth and ashes, and he confesses. Folks, this is the right response, right? This is the right response. Here's the wrong response when bad things happen. Sometimes we, the reason we don't go to God in prayer is we think, well, you know what? God is not great and awesome, or He would have kept bad things from happening. But let me tell you, there's a lot of people who believe that. Well, if there's evil in the world, either God's not good or, or He's not powerful enough to stop it. So one of the wrong responses that will keep us from turning to God earnestly with our whole hearts is we think, well, God must not be great and awesome, right? I mean, why is He allowing this to happen if He's great and awesome? Or God is not loving, or He would not have allowed bad things to happen. Both of those things, they give us doubt, and they make us doubt God's love or His, His ability to help us, and they will keep us from being earnest in prayer and from, tur- for, from turning to God in prayer. What's the right response? Verse 4b through 6, look at this, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws, and we have not listened to the Lord's prophets. That's the right response. This is what we need to, you'll notice how Daniel upholds God's character, and he says it right. So much of the ability to intercede is putting ourselves in the right place and putting God in the right place. Another wrong response is that God is not righteous. God's not right in bringing calamity upon a nation, right? And this idea kind of comes to, we don't deserve this. We don't deserve this. Somehow God, if God brings calamity, well, we don't really deserve this. God's not right in bringing this upon us. This will keep us from turning to Him because why would we go to a God who doesn't do what's right? The right response, verse 7 through 8, God is righteous. Look at verse 7 8, Lord, you are righteous, but this day we are covered with shame. The men of Judah and people of Jerusalem and all Israel, both near and far, and all the countries where you have scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to you. O Lord, we are kings, our princes, and our fathers are covered with shame because we have sinned against you. You see what Daniel is saying here? He's saying when, when, this, when this judgment of God comes, and again, understand that What we're not saying is that every time we deal with hardship and calamity, it's because there's a specific sin. However, oftentimes when a nation is going through hardship and calamity, we do need to uphold God's righteousness, His right, His ability, and His 
the rightness of his actions. And Daniel says here, listen, God, you are righteous, but we're covered in shame because of our unfaithfulness and sin. In Proverbs 14, 34, it says, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. And so, folks, it should be a, when we see calamity like this, we should say, you know, that covers us in shame that God has to bring, instead of blessing, He has to bring cursing upon us. So Daniel says, listen, we are, the tendency is to cover God in shame, right? To say when God brings calamity, we're going to try to shame God and say that He's not loving or He's not good or He's not righteous. No, we, if we want our prayers to be effective, we need to realize that God is righteous. We are the ones who are covered in shame because God is a righteous judge. Verse 10 through 14 Another right response, God is righteous when He blesses obedience and faithfulness and when He curses disobedience. Turn with me to Deuteronomy 8, 19 through 20. And there's so many scriptures that you, you could look at for this. God is a covenant-keeping God. And as I've said before, that's a good thing. And sometimes not always such a, such a good thing. From an overall perspective, it's always a good thing. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 19 through 20. Listen to these words. And it's a great chapter to read, but God is just, through, through uh, Moses, is just reiterating time and time again, you must obey. He says, if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. So this is what God is saying. Israel, don't think that somehow you're special and that if you, if you disregard and disobey me and worship other gods, don't think that somehow I'm going to set you apart. No, I'm being righteous and faithful when I bless you for your obedience, and I'm being righteous and faithful when I curse you for disobedience. And so in all these things, it is right when God does both. And so we as a nation, we don't say, oh, God, you need to change the way you are because you know what? We kinda, we've kind of we got these other ways that we like, and, and you should really decide you're going to bless that. No, God says, here's my way. If you walk in this way, and this is any nation, if you walk in this way, you'll be blessed. If you turn your back on me and worship other gods, then there will be curses. Just, just know it. It's, it's going to happen. So God is righteous. God is righteous. God is doing what is right when He brings judgment on a nation. And we need to uphold God's righteousness. Because folks, let me tell you, we may all be wrong, but God's right. We may all be wrong. We have various opinions and everything else, and we may all be wrong, but God is not wrong. He's the only one who is right. Because he's God and perfectly true. He never, he cannot say what is false. Now, why are all these things so important? All of these things are so important because when we're praying, ultimately, what Daniel wants is for God to be merciful. But you realize in verse 9, in verse 9, Daniel says, Oh, the Lord our God is merciful and forgiving even though we have rebelled against Him. 
Folks, the reason that it's so important that we put God in His proper place and put ourselves in our proper place and that we call it like it is, is because we want God to be merciful. Our God is merciful, merciful and forgiving even though we have rebelled. But hear this, mercy and forgiveness are never deserved. So we can't go to God and say, well, God, we're not that bad. Well, we're a lot better than them. You really should forgive us and be merciful on us because we deserve it. Folks, mercy and forgiveness are never deserved. God forgives because He is merciful. And so when He hears people calling out and saying, yeah, we are sinners. We have rebelled against you. We haven't followed your way. And folks, all of us have sinned. When He hears that, see, it opens the door for His mercy. But when he comes and hears somebody talking about how righteous they are and they don't deserve what is happening to them, God's like, okay, well, you know, then you're saying, what we're saying at that point is that God is not just (laughs) and God is not right. We're impugning his character instead of looking at our sin. But if we want God's mercy, we have to realize that we're not, we don't deserve it. We must be honest with God and tell him, yes, God, you are right. When you, when you have said what you've said, you are right. And when you have brought judgment upon me, it is right. It opens the door for God's mercy. Verses 15 through 16, Now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand and who made for yourself a name that endures to this day, we have sinned, we have done wrong. O Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Our sins and the iniquities of our fathers have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. Folks, here's the beautiful thing that Daniel says. He says to God, God, you are merciful and our God delivers. Folks, our God loves to deliver. God doesn't love to squash and destroy. He may do that, but our God loves to deliver. You cannot look at Christ on the cross and and not see that our God loves to deliver. Daniel reminds and says, listen, God, you have delivered us in the past. You love to deliver to show your might and for the glory of your name. So folks, don't we don't go to God and say, you know what, God? We really, you should really deliver us because we're really good. We're really good and we're really valuable and all of these things. No, we say, God, you should deliver us because you are a God who delivers, because you are a God who's merciful. And for the glory of your name, Lord, as we turn back to you and you come to deliver us, it will give glory to you and that's our highest goal. And that's why you should deliver us. That is the only basis for why you should deliver us. You know, this is before the cross, but think about how this feeds into what we pray now When we come to God and say, God, you have sent your one and only son to die on the cross to pay for the sins of people. You are merciful. You have redeemed us. Forgive us. It is on the basis of God's deliverance for his purpose and for the glory of his name. So our God delivers and our God does what is right again. God is righteous He's righteous when he brings wrath, and he's righteous when God turns away from wrath. Daniel says here, he says, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away from your anger and your wrath. So what Daniel is saying here is, Lord, do it accordance with what is right, with what you see is right. If you look at the situation and you see that your people have, have uh, turned back to you, if it is keeping with your plan, then bring deliverance and turn away from your wrath. God is going to do what is right. And we should want that. In our nation, Father, do what is, 
Do what is right. You see the whole picture. We only see a little bit. Do what is right. Lord, if you know it's right for you to turn away your anger and wrath, do what is right. Because the great thing is God does what is right, and so if it's the right thing, God's going to do it. That's the great thing. Our God, we can trust that He's going to do what is right, what is righteous. This is the basis. Verse 17 through 18a, now our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servants for your sake, O Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, O God, to hear. Folks, we pray, we seek God because He is righteous, awesome, loving, because He is merciful and He delivers, and we pray because our God hears. He hears the prayers and petitions of His servants. Don't you love how Daniel comes and he says, God, I'm your servant. Please hear what your servant has to say. That's the basis we come come to God with. I'm your servant. I'm your servant. Show me what you want me to do. I'm here praying and petitioning. Lord, I'm your servant. He hears the prayers for His sake. It says, for the sake of your, your sanctuary, for the sake of your name. Again, this is, our, this is the basis of our prayer. For His sake. And our God sees. We pray to Him because our God sees. It says, he, you see our desolation. Folks, God sees the desolation going on in our nation. He sees it. He's not up there hiding His face from what is going on. He knows. He sees. And so we pray to Him because He knows what's going on. Finally, the right response, the basis for Daniel's prayer and ours, again, not our righteousness, but God's mercy. He says here, we do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Turn with me to Luke 18. Luke 18. Nine through 14. This is Jesus speaking to some who were confident of their own righteous, righteousness and looking down on everybody else. Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man rather than the other went home justified before God, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Folks, the reason that God heard the prayer of Daniel is because he humbled himself. Daniel's a great man. I mean, there, I mean he was the second in command in Babylon, and I'm sure he had a high, a high position in the Medes and the Persians. We see that. Daniel was an important man. And again, he could have said, you know what, I'm the most, I'm the most righteous man in this nation, but he didn't. He came and realized that compared to God's standard, he fell short. And this is the basis of our prayer, not our righteousness, but God's mercy, His righteousness, His goodness. And the goal of our prayer should be the glory of God's name. He says, O Lord, listen, O Lord, forgive, O Lord, hear and act, verse 19, for your sake, O my God, do not delay, because your city and your people bear your name. 
Folks, that'll change our prayer life if we realize the greatest goal of my prayer is that God would be glorified. And folks, if God is glorified in His, His, His time of wrath and judgment, may your name be glorified. Father, if you can receive glory by having mercy on us and restoring our nation and we can fulfill your plan, do that. Folks, that's a hard prayer, but the glory of God should be our highest goal for our prayers. Folks, I know during this time, you know, I've, I've had to look within myself. Hopefully this is a time when all of us are looking within ourselves. Father, we, we know that we all contribute to the sin in our world. We have contributed to it and we do contribute to it. And so we all need to cry out to God that He would do what only He can do.